Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. We're broadcasting live from Century Studio, 12th and Rose. It's kind of an overcast day, but right now there is no actual snow falling in Regina, so for me that's a good sign, although we sure could use some moisture on the farm. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we have a two-part feature on the massive upgrade at the Yorkton Canola Crushing Plant owned by Richardson International. You've heard, you heard a few comments from the Agriculture Minister on the 12 New News. Well, now you'll hear the whole interview from the province's Minister of Agriculture. We also hear from a Senior Vice President of Richardson why it is so important to expand production at this processing plant, doubling it. Real Agriculture talks about carbon offsets and greenhouse gas emissions. We have a feature interview with Protein Industries Canada CEO Bill Gruel who has reached a deal to advance soybean processing, and there is an impact in Saskatchewan. We have the latest weekly update from the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture on cattle markets. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call one 800 324 7778. Agriculture Minister David Merritt welcomes major expansion of the canola crushing plant in Yorkton. Richardson International is doubling the size of the plant to 2.2 million tons, making it the largest in Canada. Merritt says the facility will provide a major benefit to farmers. Well, it's a very important project uh, for the province of Saskatchewan as a whole, and even uh, in the Manitoba as well, Jim. I mean, anytime you have a, a company doubling their capacity from 1.1 to 2.2 million metric tons of canola crush. That is a big deal for the province and uh, as a whole. I mean, it's going to have a great impact uh, economically-wise for the Yorkton area, but it's also going to uh, really help the farmers, not only in the Yorkton and surrounding area and in the Manitoba, but, but for the canola farmers right across the, uh, the province, right across Western Canada. Because it's going to have an impact on the on the uh, production of canola. When you take uh, 1.1 million more tons of canola on, off of the rail line and put it into crush capacity, that's a good news story for the province of Saskatchewan and for the farmers. And 1.1 million does sound like a big number, but when you convert that pack to bushels, it's a huge number. So we're we're very uh, excited about JRI's announcement uh, of the doubling their capacity in the Yorkton area. And uh, good on the city of York and the RMs around and working together with JRI to make this happen. And my understanding is construction is going to start almost immediately. 
so uh, with uh, with the plan coming online in 2024. And another thing that really is a good news story about this as well, Jim, is that it isn't going to impact the current capacity as well. It's going to continue business as usual. And then when uh, when the plant is done, they will be doubling capacity. So it's great news for the province. It falls right in line with our growth strategy of 2030, where we want to increase uh, value added, but we also want to increase canola crush capacity so that 75% of the canola produced in this province is crushed here. And I think that just uh, fits in well with us, and we're excited uh, about the news. And I think also we're excited about JRI having the confidence to invest here in the province of Saskatchewan. That bodes well for our policies and our value-added processing and how we're trying to build that industry here in the province of Saskatchewan. Why is it so important? How does it really benefit the farmers with having the crop actually processed, crushed, and uh, shipped? shipping out the uh, the products from canola? Well, uh, you know, obviously, you know, when, when the farmers can haul the canola directly to the crusher, they're obviously receiving a higher value. When that takes that flow of that 1.1 million metric tons out of the whole overall system, it's going to have a trickle-down effect on the canola uh, prices around the province, is my, is my view of it, and I think it will. When you start taking, you know, roughly another 10% of what we grew in the province in 2020 and taking that out of market access and now it's being accessed locally, it's going to have a, it's going to have a, a great benefit. I, I really believe that. And any time we can take that capacity off of the rail, it just adds even further uh, opportunity for capacity for other commodities to move on rail. So it's, it's a win-win for all, all aspects of it. But it's a it's a huge win for the canola industry here in the province of Saskatchewan. This sounds like the first of what may become many canola processing plants. There's talk of setting one up near Estevan to turn canola into renewable diesel fuel. And, of course, in Regina, there's talk of a major plant to do the same. The city of Regina has put a million dollars into a study on that. Those would all benefit? Yeah, they all would. And I think that just speaks highly of the canola uh, industry here in the province of Saskatchewan, but also the confidence in uh, in the industry to want to build that capacity here in the province of Saskatchewan. And maybe it's all in light of, of, of the previous year with COVID and everything else where the industry stakeholders are looking at, we're going to go to the product and source it there and process rather than trying to find the product and source and process it somewhere else. I don't know. I mean, those are all decisions that are made at board tables. But I would think that that's what uh, is is driving some of this as well. But obviously, companies see opportunity here. We see that opportunity as a as a government, and do everything we can to encourage that. And we will continue to do that to really to grow the value added processing, but also to give the producers here a higher return on their investment into growing canola. And that's what really what it's it's about is the bottom line to the primary producer, and also working with the industry stakeholders to grow that business right here in the province of Saskatchewan. Work on the expansion is to start shortly with completion set for 2024. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Strong global demand for canola oil is spurring crushing plant expansions. Richardson finished a major $120 million upgrade in 2019 at its plant in Lethbridge. Now it's Yorkton's turn. The company plans to double its current capacity to 2.2 million tons when the work is done in early 2024. Daryl Sobko is a Richardson Senior Vice President. Yeah, so the radius to draw canola in to Yorkton will expand, I would say, marginally. 
there is a lot of canola growing in the, call it Yorkton and surrounding areas, and that goes into Manitoba as well. Although the plant is located in Yorkton physically, we draw throughout Manitoba and Saskatchewan. And in 2010, when we initially started up the plant in June 2010, since that time, as I mentioned, we've been running at capacity and the producers on both sides of the border, Saskatchewan and Manitoba, have delivered the canola needed and that uh, confidence that they've given us that they're able to produce has given us the confidence to go out and effectively double capacity. Sobco says the Yorkton expansion will be similar but larger than the one in Lethbridge. In uh, Lethbridge we added approximately 700 metric ton per day and this will be adding about uh, almost five times that amount in terms of crush per day capacity. Early work has just started. There's some surveying and some you know early on in the development uh, phases we have people there that are doing some surveying and other planning and uh, you'll probably see some equipment and some earthwork going on in, in, in the next couple months. All of the construction will not affect current canola crush capacity. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147. I'm joined right now by Dr. Mario Tenuta. He is Professor of Applied Soil Ecology at the Department of Soil Science at the University of Manitoba. I, I want to talk today about carbon offsets and, and a word that continues to come up when I listen to Minister Bebeau and especially the Minister of Environment and Climate Change, Jonathan Wilkinson, this idea of permanence, uh, scientifically, how, how do you define perma- this idea of permanence? Okay, permanence. Uh, in terms of in the world of carbon and greenhouse gas emissions, it's uh, accounting for a stocking away of emissions or carbon. So uh, in terms of soil and with carbon, that would be a sequestration or building up of soil organic matter. In terms of, let's say, N2O or methane emissions, a, um, a reduction in emissions in uh, a particular year. Yes, let's say how a farmer manages nitrogen fertilizer. If they reduce it in 2020, you know, they reduced it. Um, they, you, you can't argue it was reduced in 2020. That's permanency. Uh, yeah. Okay, and, and so th- this issue becomes much more complex when it comes to soil carbon because my understand, understanding is if, like, in, in the case of, like, a, a lagoon pond, if, if you capture all that methane gas and, and then sell it I- I through a, you know, a biogas facility, that, that saving of carbon is instant, where in the case of soil carbon, it, th- it's not the same thing, correct? Yeah, it's not the same because what we're doing is we're putting the carbon into the soil as building up organic matter, which has, you know, as you know, tremendous benefits for crop productivity and soil quality. 
Um, but we could lose it again at some other point in time. So let's say, give an example. Let's say we uh, implemented a, um, we included pulses in our rotation and we're growing crops every year, whereas, you know, 30, 40 years ago we had some fallow uh, years. Uh, and then also gone to direct seeding, no tillage. And these are factors known to increase uh, carbon in soil, build up the soil organic matter. So that's build up. But if we change, let's say we start killing that protected organic matter and aggregates and soil structure would be available to microbes. They would degrade that carbon and would, the carbon would go back to the atmosphere as CO2. So it would be gone. And that's basically the whole discussion and issue around permanency in that how can we guarantee or how is it guaranteed that the organic carbon is going to stay in the soil and not come out at a later date? Um, so are we going to lose that carbon at a later date by change in management practice? And if there was a change in management practices, like you know, say the conditions five, ten years from now, something happened where you had to do some sort of a, a light tillage, is all of that carbon being released that you've been sequestering uh, for, for that period of time, or is it, is it a limited amount? How, how do we know it? How do we measure that? You know, it depends on what the, the change of practice is. So as you mentioned, let's say a one-time tillage, you know, which, which some farmers need to do to resort to that. It, it could be um, a weed issue. It could be a compaction issue. It could be, you know, several reasons for it. If it's a one-time event, then it won't have a dramatic or significant uh, impact on the carbon in terms of its losses. Okay, yeah, you're gonna, we're going to lose carbon from that event, but if we go back to the same direct seeding no tillage and no, till, um, no tillage, then uh, that will we'll start to we'll build up that carbon again. Um, but if the farmer went to tilling um, prior to seeding every time, you know, probably within five years, uh, those gains can probably be most of it um, uh, evaporated to the atmosphere. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, mainly cloudy with 30% chance of flurries. And we had a few flurries this morning. Wind northeast, 20 gusting to 40. The high today, plus 1, the low, minus 9. Tomorrow, mainly sunny, increasing cloudiness in the afternoon. Wind southeast, 30. The high tomorrow, plus 7. Wind chill, minus 13 in the morning. The low, minus 1. Thursday, cloudy, 30% chance of flurries or rain showers. The high, plus 4. The low, minus 6. Friday, partly cloudy, the high plus 4, the low minus 5. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high plus 2, the low minus 8. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high plus 5, the low minus 5. 
Monday, partly cloudy, the high near plus 2. Normal high is plus 3, the normal low minus 9. The sun rose at 6.54 this morning. It sets at 7.15 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now, the southeast corner, Estevan, at plus 4. The cold spot up north, Collins Bay, at minus 22. Estevan is 4. An hour ago, it was almost 5 degrees, so there's a little cooling off in the southeast. Saskatoon, minus 7. Swift Current, minus 4. Weyburn, minus 3. Yorkton is minus 8. Cloudy in Regina, minus 2. That's 29 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north, northeast at 21. Humidity is 70%. The barometer rising, 102.6. Light snow in Moose Jaw, minus 4. Winds are from the north at 18. Once again, Regina, cloudy in minus 2. That's 29 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com and brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Regina-based Protein Industries Canada has reached a $27 million agreement to develop alternative meats and protein supplements. CEO Bill Gruel's efforts to add value to crops like soybeans is an important step to advance the Canadian economy. It's a number of companies out of Ontario and Quebec, and they're developing a brand new processing technology for soybeans. So it's a $27 million project looked at um, creating soy protein concentrates and isolates out of, uh, out of soybeans in Canada. And what would these be used for? So, you know, today, if you look at plant-based foods, everything from uh, alternative meats to beverages... Soybean represents about 90% of the protein, plant protein, in any one of those products. And so it's a, soybean's a very functional protein. It's got good nutrition, good functionality. So the, the products that would be coming out of this uh, project would be used in, in all the plant-based products you might see in the grocery store today. Everything from protein-enhanced beverages to alternative meats and, uh, and a wide range of products. How might Saskatchewan farmers benefit from this? Yeah, you know, so soybean has been increasing production here in Western Canada for a number of years. And what's interesting about it is in Canada, we don't do any food grade processing of soybeans in the country. And so I think we really have to think about a long-term play here for Saskatchewan producers. You know, I don't know that there'll be any immediate benefits, but as we start to build out and breed varieties that are better suited to Western Canada, and this project has a component of that, and we build out processing capacity for soybean to compete in the market, I think there's a long-term benefit for Saskatchewan producers here from a diversification standpoint, from organizations that are focused on breeding varieties for the shorter season that we have, and to start to build out the processing capacity for soybeans in Canada. $27 Twenty-seven million dollars—a lot, a lot of funds. When do you see something commercially coming out of this? 
Yeah, so this again, this is a long-term play. So the the technology that these companies are are developing is new, and they're they're using this research work to optimize the the novel technology, and then they're looking at building a processing facility, and they're thinking about the location of that. Uh, they're considering a few different locations in Canada, and I know locations in Western Canada are under consideration. So this is probably a little bit longer, Jim, than some of the other other projects we've seen. The, the company expects to break ground on a new processing facility in Canada within 12 to 18 months. So it, it's a bit longer term, but a really important investment nonetheless. So in summary, Bill, you see this as just an expansion again of crops into food-based products? I think that's exactly it, Jim. And I think this gives us you know, more more diversified approach to the growing plant protein market. We've made lots of investments in peas and canola. That remains the core of our investments, but this really just opens up new markets for Canada to be a processor in the soybean market. A lot of this is for meat substitutes, correct? Isn't that what a lot of it's for? Yeah, yeah. uh, That's the biggest market. If you look at where plant-based products and proteins that we're producing from the facilities in, in Western Canada The majority of it is going into alternative meats, so sausage and patties, what we call texturized vegetable protein that is a substitute for meat that can go into a lot of products. So that's the bulk of the market today. I think what's exciting is all of the other markets that are starting to grow. So those are things like egg replacements, alternative dairy. I think alternative seafood is going to be an exciting market someday that I think it opens up new opportunities for us in in landlocked Saskatchewan to participate in the seafood market. Of course, that's a a long-term play for us, but I I believe it will happen. Bill Gruel is the CEO of Regina-based Protein Industries Canada. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel de Corby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. Feeder cattle prices were mixed across Saskatchewan during the past week. Acting Provincial Cattle Specialist Natasha Wilkie says feeder steers were mainly higher and feeder heifers were mostly lower in price. Well, the feeder steer prices were the ones that looked good this week. They were mainly higher across weight categories when compared to prices reported the previous week. And so the only price decrease we saw in there was the 400 to 500 pound weight category. Those guys went down $4.48 per hundred weight to end the week averaging $248.60. When we look at the part largest price increase, that was seen in the 300 to 400 pound weight category. Those guys went up $2.55 per hundred weight to end the week averaging $263.88 per hundred weight. And we look at the 700 to 800 pound weight category. They ended the week with an average price of $190.80 per hundred weight. When we move over to the feeder heifer prices, they were mixed, but unfortunately mostly lower across the reported weight categories. And so the largest price increase we saw there was in the 500 to 600 pound weight category, with those girls going up $1.66 per hundred weight to end the week averaging $198.33 per hundred weight. The largest price decrease was seen in the 300 to 400 pound weight category. Those guys, girls went down $4.50 per hundred weight to end the week averaging $211.75. And then we look at the 700 to 800 pound weight category for the heifers. They ended the week with an average price of $168.25 per hundred weight. So what were the factors pushing steer prices up and heifer prices down? 
Well, the reason for the ups and downs would just be, you know, supply kind of thing and demand. What what the buyers what provided some support for those prices is that you know some there were some lower slaughter numbers last week in the U.S. I think some plants were shut down for maintenance reasons. So when you look at the beef production numbers, they dropped 4.1 percent or 22 million pounds week over week. So that would have provided some support. But then you know our pressures are still coming from the high grain prices, you know, a strong Canadian dollar and declines in the futures markets last week. And what were marketings? So Panfax reported a total of 15,684 head of cattle sold in Saskatchewan last week. That's just up slightly from 14,363 head the previous week and more than the 7,688 head marketed during the same week in 2020. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? Well, good news in the D1, D2 cow market. So they were higher week over week. The price of D2 slaughter cows improved with prices going up $1.17 per hundred weight to average $87.17, and the price of D3 slaughter cows also saw an increase of $2.04 per hundred weight from the previous week to average $77.29 per hundred weight. And then we look at the fed cattle price for Alberta fed steers. That was reported at $148.89, and that one unfortunately went down $1.04 from the previous week. Acting Provincial Cattle Specialist Natasha Wilkie compiles the weekly cattle market update for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And Nelson G. In Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were showing upward movement in early trading today. Canola gained 720 at 737.67. Number one Red Spring Wheat gained 597 at 278.37. The rest unchanged. Durham 312.32. Feed barley 256.95. Flax 891.80, lentils 644.50, oats 229.53, yellow peas 392.89, and feed wheat 238.84. Minneapolis spring wheat May futures are up nine and a half cents this morning at 6.35 and a half cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of March 23rd. Our last regular sale was on March 17th. The market on butcher cattle had picked up a couple cents. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.82 cents to $0.92. Cents. D3 cows sold from $0.72 cents to $0.81. Cents. Counter cows sold from $0.60 cents to $0.70. Cents. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.05 to $1.20. Our last pre-sorted sale was on March the 15th. The market is holding steady. For 50 to 500 pound steers averaged $2.23 and sold it to $2.36. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged $2.23 and sold it to $2.36. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged two dollars and 21 cents and sold it to two dollars and 36 cents 600 to 650 pound steers averaged two dollars and 10 cents and sold it to two dollars and 26 cents 650 to 700 pound steers averaged two dollars and eight cents and sold up to two dollars and 17 cents 700 to 800 pound steers averaged a dollar 88 and sold up to two dollars and eight cents 
800 to 900 pound steers averaged $1.76 and sold up to $1.81, and steers over 900 pounds averaged $1.64 and sold up to $1.74. Depending on weight, heifers were 20 to 30 cents back from the steers. This has been Stephanie Dag reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. This is both Brandon and Moose Jaw plants for today, and it continues to move upward. It's at $205.05 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. Economic Development Regina has formally declared an interest in becoming home to the new Canada Water Agency. Mayor Sandra Masters says Regina has the partnership and unique advantages to host the Water Agency. There's a broad range of groups supporting the effort, including the City of Regina, File Hills Capel Tribal Council, government, academic, business and environmental organizations from across the province. The Canada Water Agency is expected to create as many as 100 full-time jobs. Economic Development Regina says sectors such as agriculture and food have huge potential for Regina and well beyond and rely on sound water stewardship. George Weston says it's putting Weston Foods up for sale after exhaustive efforts to scale up the bakery business through acquisitions came up short. Company chairman and CEO Galen G. Weston says pursuing a sale represents the best way to unlock Weston Foods' potential. The bakery business represents less than 10% of the net asset value of George Weston, which also owns Loblaw Companies and has a large interest in Choice Properties Real Estate Investment Trust. Proceeds from the sale of the bakery business are likely to be returned to shareholders through share repurchases over time. Losses in energy and base metal stocks helped lead Canada's main stock index lower in late morning trading as the price of oil slipped below $60 a barrel while U.S. stock markets were mixed. The TSX Composite Index was down 61 points at 18,753. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 20 points at 32,710. The Canadian dollar traded at 79.68 cents U.S. compared with 79.92 cents Monday. The May crude oil contract was down $2.66 at $58.90 per barrel. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.